practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast, I'm Casey. I'm Arthur Dong. <laughs> Official name change or just your new screen handle? No, we got Fans gotta, only. <laughs> no, I couldn't help it. I know we, we got a topic and I'm not going to steer us away from it, but I was having such a good time on my ride home from work. I kind of just pulled in and it's the simple things in life, man. I was listening to NPR. They were talking about America's trade war with China and this guy was talking. He's, it's nothing against him and or, or where I'm going, but it was be, like intellectual and smart and talking about global yeah. politics and dynamics and and the history of our trade with China and the uh, global the global trade organization. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then it goes to the interviewer, whoever it is, it goes, that's Arthur Dong with <laughs> NPR. And I was like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> and then he went into it, and then it was like a commercial, and it cut back, and it's like, now, as we heard, Dong stated, and I was like, oh, my God, this is How? just up my alley. And it has nothing to do with um, – it's uh, if I I weren't alone in the car, if I were introduced yeah. to Arthur Dong, if I was having a real conversation with anybody, but because I got to be alone in my car and I dropped the Arthur Dong on me, and oh, then yeah. continually said, "Now, what does Dong think about this?" <laughs> it was a good few minutes. I feel like um, with, with the name Arthur Dong, you need to be extremely <laughs> adept at the most boring thing. And have the best sound effects. Yeah. So if you're talking about like an economy depressed by a pandemic, very stale and bland, and then or like a hot bong rip. <laughs> well, and it, and it's not just we all know that uh, comedy is complex, and it's not just one uh, bullet out of a gun. It's the Arthur too. Oh yeah. Oh, Arthur's beautiful. His name's not like. It's not, it's not Joey Dong. You know what I mean? It's not Anthony Dong. It's, it's Arthur, Arthur Dong. Yeah. And that's nothing against Dong people. Like, I got a weird name, too. Like, so fuck it. But, you know. Well, you know like... what? Your name's not... Dong. We have, a, we have a culture. <laughs> we have a culture that finds Dong to be a funny word. It has nothing yeah. to do against somebody. If my name were Dong... I don't it. I think I would. I would. I would disown it to a point. But right at at now, at this Hans, point, Hans How hyphen Dong hyphen Frywald uh, hyphen Frywald Dong. I keep it. I keep were, it prominent. I make my first name. Oh, that's what I'm saying. In the multi exists. If your last name was Dong, you'd be writing memos from the office of President Elect Hans K Dong. I'd first and last name it. My name is Dong Dong. <laughs> <laughs> Might go with a ding dong ding dong. Professor uh, now that's just D fun. dong. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be you know Chester. Chester, Chester dong, dong Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, middle initial would have helped. Uh, I'm Arthur P Dong. <laughs> NPR News. No, you're not. Go um, away. Speaking of like silly radio, like perfect story because it was a few days ago. We were in the car driving somewhere and we were having a very serious conversation and uh, I hear this promo come over the radio and I'm just like, <laughs> just start giggling. That's like, 
what's what what are you laughing at what's so funny about this conversation you know we're probably talking about the pandemic and closures and i was like did you hear that commercial she's like what are you talking about i was like it is a funeral home and it's alfred tits funeral home and she's like (laughs) fuck you get out of the car that's not funny i'm like i'm serious i'm serious did you say alfred tits yes that's the funniest thing I've heard, and I just heard a guy named Arthur Dong talk about a trade war. And I, to, to one-up your dong, the guy owns a funeral home. Yeah, I know. Come on. I wish I made it up. I wish I had written it. Because that's the thing. All right, I can see in a world where dong is the last name, I'm not going into anything cultural because that's all weird race baity racist shit. Nothing to do with that. And this guy, I don't know what this guy's ethnicity was. Um, uh, but tits, I've never heard. No, ever. Either. And then Ashley was like, no, you misheard. And I was like, I don't think so. Like, What What did you mishear? Tibbs? I, right, exactly. But then it has come on subsequently. And I'm like, start banging on the dashboard. I'm like, listen, listen, listen. And sure enough. The both of us agree it is like Alfred J. Tits funeral. <laughs> it's the it's it's the middle initial that it's always sells the, it. It's so and so it begs the question with a, a silly name as that. I'm sure it comes a long line of brave brave yes. men and proud women and exactly. proud yeah. brave That's women it. and proud men. Like you it's a radio ad in a in a large city. For a funeral home and your last name is Tits, I think they leaned into it. You have to. If if you didn't, if you don't, like I get going back to the strong family name of Dong. If you're a fucking Harvard fellow and you're doing, you know, global journalism on uh, uh, wildly important events, whole, you can have Dong. Keep Dong. You kidding me? Anybody that's going to knock you through some podcaster says, you've got a funny name, Dong. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm smart. You're not. You think Dong is funny. I, I'm better than you. But if your name, if you're Alfred J. Tits funeral, funeral home, and you're completely unaware as to why that yeah, are you... is humorous to people, then you are not going to be my funeralist if you will because you're a moron (laughs) (laughs) now if you're the type of guy who's like fucking i'm not i'm i'm tits is my middle name i'm making it my last name because how unique of a people are going to remember tits funeral home that guy's got my business yeah no i got a feeling that guy he was like in skull and bones with george w bush like they you were chugging so? bush lights and eating Fritos till the sun comes up. The uh, Cincinnati tits or the Columbus tits <laughs> lineage. Cincinnati tits. I, I do like that. <laughs> has a good ring a to good, it. That's a good loaf, like a single A ball club. Single oh yeah, the Cincinnati A. tits. Yeah. Did you get away with tits? I suppose it's not. It has to be the bird. Oh, Titmouse. Sure, the tit mice. Tits for short. <laughs> of course. You got to sell a t shirt, don't you? <laughs> and I just say tits for short. <laughs> sell a million of them. Oh, yeah. 
Tell for intense. That's funny. Oh, uh, so that was my day. Laughing in the car by yourself. Laughing in the car. That was the best <laughs> part of my day so far. Yeah. Hmm. Smart guy. We're in trouble. No, I didn't hear a word he said. <laughs> Nothing. You couldn't be heard over the guffaws that were fogging up the car window. I might as well have driven through a wormhole because I don't recall anything after the uh, anything after the laughter until I'm sitting here with you. I, just, I lost time. Out out of blackout. Humor blackout. blackout. <laughs> comedy blackout. Oh man, I had almost had a comedy blackout, and it will it'll put a nice brown period on this conversation. So okay. At the bar I uh, work at Tuesday nights, they do trivia night. And okay. it's a very – it's a busy night because it's a very successful trivia night. Good um, prizes? Sorry to interrupt. Do, is it a prize trivia night? They usually yeah, are, right? You get, yeah, you get uh, you get some cash. You get, like, gift certificate. Great. Um, so it draws, like, a, a mixed crowd of – I don't know if, if you've been to a trivia night. Oh, yeah. You get some oh, serious yeah. folks and some serious weirdos. Absolutely. And then every now, every now and again you get a – in that serious weirdos, by the way. Right. Go ahead. Uh, I got a, one. Uh, normie, uh, like a normie will stumble in and just be like, oh, shit. Sort of <laughs> right. caught in the crossfire of, mm -hmm. I just wanted to sit down and talk to my friend and have dinner. And now I got some guy, some middle-aged man singing rap songs as loud as he can while you guys answer questions. Uh, so there was this, and I was, uh, I had a table like that, and it was these two very like put together professional looking young ladies and their mm -hmm. like stylish male friend. Okay. Um, they were very nice. They were just, you could tell they were like, I would have rather, but we're here already. Right. Um, so I'm taking care of them. And then a huge group comes in of like the rowdiest, drunkest bunch of rootin' tootin'. And they're like, oh, right, pretty fantastic. So they go up to the bar and are like shouting. And again, it's COVID, so like cover your mouth, please don't shout. Oh yeah, pin um, that too. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one classic dude, you know the the old phrase, holding up the bar. You oh, know? do I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's doing the hard, hard lean, and every time <laughs> I pass, just pants are getting closer around his goddamn ankles like just the <laughs> deepest plumber crack you lose yourself in it and he is like as close to five foot nine you know five foot eleven inches point nine to this table like this table and you right. can just see them like Sticks his, you know, sticks his ass out and just closer and closer, <laughs> and they're just trying desperately, desperately to keep it together. Uh, so, so it's just, and I'm, I'm having to move around this like he's got the hula hoop on. Uh, so finally, they're, they're, I'm closing them out, and it's still loud, it's still busy, and you, he's cacophonous in that environment, and I'm like, oh, thank you very much, and I'm taking their cards, and you just hear a. <laughs> like a, loud and long enough for us to look and we're like oh of course it's him why wouldn't it be anybody else you can see it like it's a stereo that butt crack is waving God. 
was like, beautiful. Put a mask on that thing. Uh, I was just like, really? And then I fell down the rabbit hole of, he didn't even have the courtesy of the, like, cough. You know what I mean? Like, lay something over top. Right. We do that. <laughs> and the, it's like, oh, it's weird. Yeah, try and, try and bottle it up. Maybe a. Or just like a loud laugh. You know, something to match. He didn't yeah. even make the effort to. He leaned into it. He just was like, oh, I have to fart. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, like, man. And it could have been the two best people like, that were thrown in the mix. Sure. They, uh, uh, there's something I know it was probably wasn't intentional, but there's there's something soci there's a sociopathy to somebody who just owns a fart in yeah. public because it's just so there, there's not a lot of them. One, no. it's a very small like there's people that you, you fart. There's people that have a circle of friends where like he's the yeah. farter. It's Correct. funny. Yeah. It's, it's less and less funny as you get older, but then there's just comfortable farters all across, like it's just it's an insane thing to be. Sean Patton, uh, great yeah. comedian, uh, went through a phase where he was just like, I need to see what it feels like to yeah. fart in public places, and he <laughs> tell a story. He's just like, I have to fart, so I fart as loud as I can, and I don't acknowledge it, and you're just like, that's to me that's like old. some serial like you're you're treading tread very lightly in that territory yeah it's like it's, you, it borders on yeah go ahead you have the like like we were just talking about the, the fake cough like uh -huh. that to me is you're, you're you're some politeness and awareness and you're like oh i don't know <laughs> okay good like, no one could have heard or you have the other end of like big time scummer who rips yeah. it and makes a joke about it. Makes it a thing, yeah. Attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the one but... who just goes and just lets it lie and lets you know without, like, making the grand show of just, it. Just, I'm, I'm a biological machine, <laughs> yes. and this is my output. You fucking scared the bejesus. That, that I was going to say, that border is on some type of, like, public exposure kind of situation there like i want to see like how far i can bend the limits of our constructed reality <laughs> like oh you say we shouldn't do these things i'm not trying to push the boundary i'm just doing them it's like we just watched jurassic park it's like a okay. like a raptor on the electric fence of the social yeah. contract <laughs> It's just like you're just trying to find the weak spot to just break it. It's the worst Truman show ever. But yeah, so that happened yesterday and I was just disgusted and then was laughing at just the the the, the care. The joy, the absorb. Yeah, just you got to absorb eyes. that. He made dead eye contact with me and then ripped it. <laughs> oh man, he probably got hit by a car. He's lying belly up at Alfred Tits. <laughs> funeral parlor right now don't cut that belly open i gotta tell you <laughs> they uh what did i pin that? oh trivia night uh i the so our buddy verno verno if you're listening um he's he's got a trivia partner 
in our home state of South Dakota. Obviously, they haven't been doing it for nine months because of COVID, but they oh, are like rabid, like trivia hawks. So they have yeah. their spots where trivia mm-hmm. um, takes place. Actually, this I'll tell you off, Mike, the, his partner is a guy that was in your grade. And they, they, they're very smart. They're very good. I don't know if it's cheating because if one of them is in trivia without the other one, they do some texting. Oh. So, I thought you were say it's cheating because – Verno's Tom Cruise and his partner's Rain Man. Right. Uh, so just Verno's just ordering cokes all tell night. You off, Mike. Farting on that's, people. Well, that's a funny observation. Um, but as I recall, and Verno, you might have to call in and defend yourself. I believe they were in a, a, a shysty, more low rent trivia night that the guy got in over his head, kind of like a, like a Will Ferrell, a, a uh, Will see. Ferrell um, Tropic. What was that movie? Oh. Semi-pro situation oh. where it's like, can you make this half-court shot? I'll give you twenty-five thousand dollars. He makes it, and he's like, I don't have, I don't have it. So these guys like made a very grand end of the year. Like you play trivia all year, we'll keep up your tallies, and at the end of the year, if somebody breaks this ceiling of points, somebody Seemingly breaks this point ratio. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you don't know these two, so they <laughs> you say they break the thousand-point barrier within a year. It's like it's worth a thousand bucks or something like that. And they did it handily apparently. And this guy's like, that's great. Uh, I'm not, what do you want to do about it? You know what I mean? <laughs> and they were like, two things we're going to do about it. We're going to burn down your bar and we're going to bring litigation. So they were <laughs> taking the trivia court. I think they took him to court. I swear to God. Or, uh, I don't know, Johnny, you're going to, uh, Johnny, now I'm going to, Bruno, you're going to have to call in and defend this because it might have, they might have had some, they might have brought the better beer, business bureau in. Ooh, did they call Christy the, Gnome might have gotten the, involved. The local, uh, the local news. Did you report them? <laughs> this yeah. business is me. Thumbs down. Trivia skunks. Or you could have just put uh, a bunch of bed bugs in there and just been like, it's a dump. Right. Just burn it down. Yeah. Uh, and and make this guy way more insurance money. Right before he burn it down right before the pandemic and he'll get this amazing <laughs> insurance layout right before everybody goes under, which <laughs> is kind of where we're leading into, sadly. But oh, the no, other just, thing I was gonna pin <laughs> just laughing yeah. at Verno backlit by this raging inferno cackling and just going you should have kept your promises <laughs> the answer was nobel <laughs> someone shouts with the back what's the capital of peru he's like lima i know it. <laughs> that's a thousand ten <laughs> um oh the other pin is just such a side note but i had like it's so funny just being wrapped up in the middle of this pandemic and you're talking about people shouting in the bar. Um, we can talk about it till our faces are blue, but we don't have to other than, you know, everybody around me pretty much wears a mask. That's kind of become a moot point. I don't, I don't belly around people that are anti-maskers. Um, but it just so happened that I don't, this guy probably was cause his mask was a don't tread on me or something like that. But it was, a, it was like around his neck. And I think he – the reason I say that is because I think he was having a conversation with somebody else about whatever, this fucking country. 
But nice enough guy, and I think he pretty much wore it for the most time, but this just happened to be the perfect time. He had it down, just laid out some, like, cackling, stupid-ass joke that's not a joke, you know, like, glad it ain't raining. He fucking sprayed me down with so much sputum. He didn't spit in my face like like he was angry at me, but just covered me. Arms, my I had a short sleeve shirt. I just felt it's it. Like you're playing a football and, game in Miami, just that mist. Right, us. and it was so obviously that happens to us, but it's like the first time it's happened to me post pandemic. Yeah. I know, whatever post COVID, and it brought a fury and a chill at the same time up my spine that I'd never felt. I went and I slathered my skin in hand sanitizer, <laughs> couple up my nostril, oh, there you go, yeah. face, to the point where uh, uh, I hit my mask, but my mask became uh, like a toxic uh, danger a- because it was full of it's full of hand sanitizer. <laughs> so I'm breathing in like this alcohol. I can't get oxygen. Oh, so mad. It's so gross. It is such a different feeling. That was such a, it was such a, a, I, a Crix Felucci moment. No, of you just started a, that and like under normal circumstances that would never bother like, me. Ugh. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, say it, don't spray it. We lived in New York and New York random, you just get random moisture from the sky when it's not raining. And you're just like, yeah, right. maybe piss might be spit. I hope it's one of the two. Anything else, you know? But now, yeah, I would just like, Seize up, because Ashley and I will be watching me. like a movie from ten years ago, right? And we're just yeah. like, no one there's wearing a mask because like, <laughs> it's from the past. I do think we joked about it, and I really don't want to. I I had to listen to our last episode, and we were immersed in politics, and and there's since been politics since we've yeah. had that, and I'm just like, fuck it, fucking done with that topic until I'm either in a cage under authoritarian rule or I'm dancing with a transvestite on the back of a of another <laughs> transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think you're supposed to use that term. God, I'm such an oh, asshole. But, get in your cage. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say, though? We were talking about that. No pandemic. Oh, but but there's no doubt. Like, our reality talk about reality but it's just forever altered we are the year of the century mm-hmm. that will be the inflection point and will be those slimy slime slimers that kids that are born when we were born in 2080 and 2083 will be like yeah. who the fuck want who who lived through 2020? Those freaks. Yeah, Demons. no, like, on this, like, time, like, a time life retrospective, they'll see, like, the way we would watch, like, Chicago in 1968, and you're like, how the fuck did someone yeah. live surrounded by serial killers and violence and lead paint everywhere? Uh, and they'll just be like, how the fuck did you sit in a house? right yeah to this guy and obviously there's a lot of decade left for things to happen but we're the first i will say we're number one and it's always you always get the first they go yeah early always yeah 
always have a hard time relating to the like that that early 19th uh, 20th century um oh, what did i miss i pinned something else pandemic fuck it doesn't matter so speaking of it's going to be a pivot mm-hmm. but it's not a lot of restrictions are coming back yeah. this is a pivot point it is not a fucking political opinion i don't because you guys probably want to string us up at that point do you have you had more restrictions hitting Ohio? Are you going to work tomorrow, buddy? Yes, there's a uh, the governor's going to talk again tomorrow. He did a speech yesterday, and yeah. he was very ambiguous. Like we've had a curfew, not like a curfew, yeah, curfew, but it's that. been like um, bars and restaurants need to all o'clock. close at ten, and then all alcohol needs to be off tables by eleven. Uh huh. And then just be closed as, as soon as you can. And now, I, so they just cranked it up from eight to eight and a half. Now there's a curfew in place from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Unless you're somebody like you who's right. technically essential and you're coming home from work, right? No, which so sounds draconian until you look at it and they're like, well, you can be out if you're leaving work. Right. Going to the grocery store, going to a pharmacy. So if you what get stopped, it's you making just a go, point. I got, I got, I'm going, go, I'm coming home from work. It's yeah, exactly. It's exactly what people should do as like the reminder. That's just like, if we see you out, you know, juggling a beach ball, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's just a reminder. Like ah, there's a, it, you know what it kind of is like. Pre-pandemic, it's like one more sweet reason to stay in. One more sweet reason to stay home. I should go to that pharmacy, and I can. Ah, curfew. Tomorrow, get two two for one. I got to get groceries anyway. So it's just yeah, that makes sense. So, but he was our governor. The governor of the the great state of Ohio is the most politiciany of politicians. You think? It's a little guy, glasses, looks like Dana Carvey from Master in Disguise. About DeWine, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And he just, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Like he just, who people think he'll still close restaurants and bars tomorrow because right. he didn't specifically say he wouldn't before. Sure. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I heard something about him, uh, I don't. It, he just got in the crosshairs because all I heard there was something where it's like Trump's going to primary his ass, which is apparently the scariest thing that a Republican can hear. Um, that I remembered what I was talking about. It's kind of the same. So yes, politiciany, politiciany, because this guy kind of wheels and deals and goes in between. But no sort South of Dakota, no nothing. He just is right. Like- What'd you say? Okay, I'll do a little you. What'd you say? I'll take a little you. I'll do a little don't you. Don't yell at me. Just don't sure. yell at me. He's one of those guys. Just don't yell at me, please. We're pivoting to a governor that's just – I'm doing a little um, – just you guys over here. Um, Christy Nome is the governor of South Dakota, and she is doubling down. And it could be a good gamble if she if she's like, I fucking think Trump's – Trump. I think Trump's to stay. He might not be. Pre- I think. I think that's going to continue. Yeah. So I'm going to go hard, and she goes hard. Like 
kind of the legit spit in your face, like fucking try me. But what's happened because of that, and this is tragic, but it's also, again, this is kind of Arthur Dong funny that it shouldn't be, is I read a story yesterday. So premise, South Dakota has the worst rate of per capita coronavirus right now. Like it's like a 40 something percent testing positivity rate. Keep in mind, there's only like 800,000 people in the state. Yeah. But basically, one out of two people that get tested are positive. So it's pretty gnarly. Put that coin spit on it. Yeah. You didn't have it yet. And, sh- and uh, wholly unprepared because South Dakota, quite frankly, is a, a relatively poor state mm-hmm. and underfunded and very rural and spread out. So you got hospital issues. So they're kind of getting fucked right now. They're in a little trouble. Um, so there was this plea from this nurse, not really a plea, she just she just came out and talked about what it's like there right now and how disturbed she is that people aren't wearing masks. And the biggest thing is she's like, people think it's fake here. They've been totally 100% brainwashed into thinking that, not that it's not dangerous, not that it's, you know, only kills this certain section, that it is not a thing, that it is the big hoax, hoax that it, none of these things exist. There is no such thing as COVID. And she says, you would think I'm exaggerating, but multiple times a day, I will be having a conversation with a patient who is dying and does die of the coronavirus right. that with their dying breath is it's yelling at me corona. that they don't have coronavirus. She said, I've had somebody say, it's not corona. It's lung cancer. <laughs> and then dies. And it's like that one right there. I was like, that's fucked in funny. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Right. I was just like, like, that's so extreme. When something's so extreme, sorry. That's really funny. Yeah, that's, Obviously, there's seriousness in the moment, but somebody that's like, they're like, no, you tested positive for coronavirus. <laughs> you need to tell them. He's like, it's lung cancer, okay? No, the I know I'm going to die. Like Tony Stark shrapnel, slowly every right. word you say brings that bullet closer to your heart, and you're like, it is not corona. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is so, and the fact that she was like, multiple times a day like i just see this like overworked staff hospital staff who's got like all these people and then she's like sir you need to relax you know calm down you know breathe use this uh respirator it's "It's lung cancer okay and then somebody's like what did you say yeah me too mine's lung cancer just give me some cancer pills oh god I think I caught his lung cancer. <laughs> anyway. It's now the state bird. <laughs> God, a bunch of lungers. Um, what were we going to – oh, so you want to shift into something we talked about but I really yeah. did no yeah. preparation for. But what we're leading into is what we heard, and obviously it has to do with the pandemic and – more and more things are coming closer to home, whether it's people that you know that are getting sick, whether it's businesses you know that are hurting or closing down or yourself, like uh, that you have to like quarantine all that shit. Anyways, New York, an institution 
one we're very intimately familiar with, has closed its doors. And that is, and everybody's heard us talk about on this podcast, if you're a listener, a lot, because it's a huge part of the jerk practice history and lore. And that's the Creek in the Cave. Just got announced last week that Rebecca, our good friend and supporter, director, many, many things, champion, uh, had to make an announcement right after the election that she could not sustain just being closed because they shut down everything again in new york correct if they haven't they're gonna i mean it's it's new york's an interesting one because that's like it's like you're damned if you do do you're damned if you're you know i don't think that's fair but i don't want to get into my opinion but i think right now it's a damned if you do it's a damned if you don't because they're not giving any financial assistance anymore they just let that shit run out that they were so like we're in it together like we're gonna keep you strong you do your part we'll do ours and then they were like we did our part it's done right And you're like but i can't fucking open here i need help and they're not giving it so it's like four out of ten businesses are closing most of the restaurants and that's the creek as well that's like i will be curious because this was well before coronavirus it was a year after we moved but the restaurant in williamsburg that i worked at for seven years six seven years uh, yeah was on a rye was on an off street in williamsburg and the owner cal who was the head chef like built up this weird space it used to be like a bodega like in the middle of the block it got closed because they had like illegal cockfighting and gambling in the basement beautiful uh so you build it up in this beautiful space this beautiful restaurant but it was like super quirky because of where it was which is like part of the charm of it was like Mm, absolutely you've like homesteaded you you know like turn this stump into a beautiful home uh and he was like if we this was before but he was like if we ever close this this won't ever be anything else because nobody will have the like chutzpah or because it's not on a main drag. And as the neighborhood slowly became less and less local people. Oh yeah. And like people had to got kicked out because rents were going up. People that moved in wouldn't come down that street. Like it's so silly, but it's a hundred yards from the intersection. And there's like, nah, why would we go down that weird street? Think about that. Uh, did well so sorry did they end up did he end up having to close up it was closed and it's still as far as i know four years later is still unoccupied so that just leads me into like just talking about the creek and like how unique it was it's such an odd space in an odd location Mm -hmm. like it's part restaurant like i don't know if we've ever described it in any detail but like go ahead yeah it's on a weird like wedge of a block on an intersection like over train tracks so there's like limitations to the space so you walk in the front door there's a little tiny restaurant and then the kitchen to the right and then to the left is what was this black box theater Mm -hmm. which at the time when we first uh started going there was 99 percent like DIY music shows. It was a music. Oh, all, mu- all music. That's what it was. 
So, like, imagine any crappy place you'd go to see a touring punk punk band. That was that space. And then you go down these giant set of stairs, and there was just a tiny little bar, a weird little lounge that looked like your friend's basement, and then a small patio. So it's mm-hmm. this cool place. It's a very cool place, but it's very – like, you couldn't – like, a chain restaurant couldn't just be like, I'm going to snap that up, before, snap that ass up before it hits the ground because – it, there's limitations to it. There is. That's interesting you mention it. And it's also in a building that is legit, was legitimately built 19th century, like, because I used to live above it. And it was, its construction was like 18, either 80 something or 1890. It was when the original uh, Madison Square Garden was there. It's in Long Island City. Oh, yeah, Interestingly yeah. enough, location wise, while you say it does have limitations, it is not just your ordinary corner triangle location it is like kind of at the epicenter uh, definitely of two boroughs but it's right on the corner of long island city just on the tip of queens there and it's connected right in the corner looking towards what's a lesser known bridge the pulaski bridge that goes right over into greenpoint brooklyn you can walk there in Mm -hmm. five minutes so you're in queens you walk five minutes you're in brooklyn you walk to the end of that block and you're one stop away from manhattan by way of oh you're literally you could walk yeah. to the um uh midtown tunnel yeah oh yeah totally uh, That's, so yeah, you're right there basketball you're... by the midtown tunnel great yeah so it's a it's a funky spot and when we started going there 2007 2008 does that sound right yeah no totally yeah just kind of I don't know how long it had been established. Rebecca owned it at the time with her business partner slash husband? partner partner, Lars, really good dude. Yeah, fiance or something, maybe. I don't, I don't quite know how long they'd owned at that point, but it was it was very DIY. When you say music venue, it's like there was just music there. I don't think they advertised the music that was there. It was just like on the band – if you found the spot, you found it. Yeah. It's haunting. And you got to play there. Oh, big time. Um, and on that note, if you find the spot, you find it and you connect with the person, that's basically what happened. But there was a caveat because they had to stop doing music there. And it's too darn loud. It's just too darn loud. Luckily we uh we were in cahoots with our buddy Johnny, who we've talked about, who we've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, John F. O'Donnell. Just, I don't know. He just, I don't know where the connection came in, but he heard it through the grapevine that they couldn't do music, and he pitched comedy and kind of well, we had done, it was off to the races. He was doing shows. Like, he had weaseled his way in, I think. Someone did a show there, and he went, <laughs> cool spot. I want to do a show here. Yeah, I suppose, did right. Did he not do because he did a show with our buddy Timmy? Timmy. Yeah. They had the uh, stand-up show. Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven, and then I remember getting invited to do that show. Yeah. And then we got in because they were still doing. I remember they were still doing music for a little while, and they did plays there. Because for yes. the longest time, we did our our sketch show on a Beautiful set, set for a show. Like it looked like an, a fifty sitcom. Like it was I like thought, a, it looked like a like a Vietnam, like 
uh, in a bunker Which at is one hilarious point. I, I never saw the show, so this is just hearsay. <laughs> yeah. There was a window with, uh, like, oh, yeah. camouflage mesh. I think it was like a Pee Wee's Playhouse-y thing. That's what it kind of, now that we're talking about it, I, I never saw the show, so I don't know what it's about. But there, I just constantly remember us trying to do our thing and introducing comedians and then coming in and out of this, like, front faux front door to perform right. on in uh, in the front yard. <laughs> they That makes sense. That makes sense. So they're doing music. Johnny Steenster probably, you know, heard some band was playing or Buddy was playing, played there instantly like any comic in New York just – struggling like trying to get on shows or create their own shows sees a stage sees an opportunity oh yeah probably they probably probably put on a show there or, or pitched yeah. a show but what really cemented the lineup was that like music had to, had to cease and Johnny kind of pitched her filling that void and right off the bat you had Kingdom of Heaven mm -hmm. um which was cuz did we do the Splitsky show with them before right off the bat yeah like, but did were we? I were we doing that before they shifted over? Because was that how we were let in the front door? Doing every other show with because them. we did one week on, one week off with Timmy and Johnny. Kingdom of Heaven, then rushed and ready. We called our show. Yes. Right, uh, and that was right off the bat. And I think at that time, then because Kingdom Heaven, yeah, because then we just either took over another spot yeah. to do it weekly, right? Yeah, because then, like what Hans was saying before I kept stopping him from finishing his thought was, yeah, they had to stop doing music, so that's when she pivoted into like, well, I'll do comedy here. Right. I need something for these nights of the week because I'm going to lose this revenue when I would have shows and they would do like hip-hop, you know, they would do the whole thing, which I imagine packs it out far more than a, a right. weekly brand new spanking new sketch comedy show. But we had oh, that yeah. meeting at we her house that. and I have that picture. I've sent it to you of all mm -hmm. of the shows that were there. And it was like um, Matt McCarthy, uh, Adam Newman, Johnny, uh, Nick Turner. Greg, did Greg, Greg and Anthony have their no, show there at that point? No, they got in, uh, after we left jerk practice alums, Greg, Greg, Greg Stone and Anthony DeVito, savage we, we animal that, that two hander show because that's how we got back in at the creek was they were doing a show and then we were mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll do it. If you guys need they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just do a two hander we're like perfect. Wait, <laughs> so we need our at, week one, off. at one point where we so at one point were we doing this is riveting for the yeah. well let's get we'll get into stories. At one point were we doing on offs with them? Uh with Savage Animal? I think maybe we would just do a couple sketches. So how did we get ousted at the creek or we ousted ourselves? How did we cease to have our weekly show? We left. We just quit. What? Really? Because that's what you were talking about last week when we would do – because we were like, we're killing ourselves doing this weekly show, doing weekly stuff. We stopped and we're like, let's go back to our roots because when we first moved do to New York, we shows. did the black box theaters once a month. So we went back okay. to that first theater and we're like, 
We're going to do a whole themed thing. With Greg and Anthony in tow now. No, yeah, okay. We did a, a Parkside, Parkside Lounge. Oh, yeah. That Parkside Lounge show once a month with music. In between. That was in between. Then we mm-hmm. connected with Greg and Anthony, and we then went we back. went back to Under St. Mark's. Yeah. What an interesting oh, – God, my, my time frame is – it. Well, it's interesting. I wonder in retrospect – if we should have just been easier on ourselves and just had kept our show no matter what and just had fun that like every week. Cause it's a good point. Like the Creek, what we didn't say is the Creek, she set up like a lineup and I don't think right off the bat, Rebecca was like, Oh, all right. I lost music, but I got this gold mine with comedy. I do think she started to see the vacuum that existed in the for scene, all the really. young comics who, we're never going to get on shows. And one, Rafifi was gone, by the way. Yeah. So, and Pianos was kind of done. So all of a sudden, that indie scene was, was a huge, in limbo. There was a huge vacuum that it filled, which is like the coolest yeah. part about it is that it did foster Dude, for sure. an entire generation of comics. But it never like fully became the spot spot. Because after you were like, think, let's talk about the creek, and I was just like going through my memory, and I was like, because we were there, we didn't have the longest running show, but going back to that original group, we were the only ones still doing a show at one point. Right from that original lineup, like <laughs> it, it was just yeah. us. Yeah, I guess there's there's, it's interesting because it's and that's. Because you mean because new people took over shows, right? Well, it was or like, took over spots. There was this like very. It was cool. It was a very cool idea. It was very awesome to be in that conversation with these comedians that would go on. And I think part of it was, um, they're all they're all stand up. It was all like stand up based. It did seem to be like that. that yeah. Show and that as a format works and appeals to like the stand up because you just like. You're just a journeyman. You're like a Ronin samurai. Like you're beholden to no one and nothing. Yeah. You'll do any show and every show. Sure. And you don't bring anybody with you. you (laughs) Except for like their open mics became epic. Yeah. And that's sort of like what was the, the thing was these fucking crazy long, huge open mics. Like for us to do, I think that's what was the deterrent in the end was just like it was so hard to get people to see our stuff. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, I was it's, gonna... like a, it's a comedy incubator, which is really cool. And important. Yeah. But I, there just wasn't any room for – because we would fucking bust our ass for this, plan it, like tell friends, book it, and then just uh, – like we didn't have that release of just like just go and do it. Just go and do it yeah. and forget about yeah. it. Just have I wa- this yeah, we place to hang your hat. Yeah, I th- I think you're right, and I th- and try I can hard. feel that letdown. I can that's, see- that was we us. were too. Tr- that's it. That's a Henning Henning coin phrase. I think we were. I think in retrospect, I would have eased up on us a little bit just to maintain <laughs> oh, yeah. that because we could have done shows anywhere we wanted. Could have done our theme shows, True. and then like tried their sketch. 
what a beautiful platform. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. We could have just all those times we were like rehearsing in our apartment, like working on sketches. We should have been doing them in doing front, them in front of, of somebody. These 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 yeah. whoever we got, you know, just to. But um, I was gonna the the stand up. Fuck, I forget what we're talking. Because we would. But do... that's that. Oh, I was gonna say we had the best. They had the best for our show, Rushed and Ready, which would eventually become Tuesdays with Monday or something. You remember that show? Oh, yeah. We ended up with a Tuesday slot, and we just called it, like, Tuesdays with Sunday or something, a take <laughs> on Tuesdays with Maury, or, or it was a Wednesdays with Tuesday. It was really it was, uh, convoluted. Oh, and, uh, you hear me griping about how no one would come could come to our show, right? Because like, we, we would laugh it's about it. Like, people aren't going to know what day to come because I think it was a Thursday show. I think we had a Thursday show called Tuesdays with Sunday. <laughs> I swear, I swear. Now that I'm, I'm thinking sure about I still it, got the old talk about leaflet somewhere. Shoot your ass! Oh, that's what I was saying. Like I was trying to dig through some stuff, and I found our for our original show with kingdom of heaven was uh, our rushed and ready show. And they were such great little oh, flyers because right. they were little gold condom. They look like Magnum condoms. flyers. Ah, oh, those are cool. And then the other um, flyer you created for our bifurcated, like half show with Johnny was uh, like a really cool Nintendo cartridge. Oh, that's um, right. That was the, uh, the us as mega men yeah. sprites. And then those guys as the, Contra. yes. Oh, so cool. Um, so that's kind of the ins and outs, but we can go into like more specifics. Like, do you have specifically a fun night that you think of fun memory, fun interaction? I know there's gotta be many or a bizarre experience, maybe a, a little interesting interactions with not necessarily the comics or the comic audience, but the locals of the neighborhood certain bartenders or uh, it anything was like i always i was just trying to like just like go back and remember because it was like we both worked in bars and restaurants and then also lived in that neighborhood well, we never talked about that yeah we moved there like the same week we started doing oh, a regular so show there so we had a decent like a cool like not decent it was a cool apartment that was we inherited really cool. from timmy once he moved out, once he got that oh, in, fat, in deep Brooklyn. cable page, yeah, baby, oh, we were yeah. in Sunset Park. It was a railroad, so you and I had rooms, like, basically bunkies. We were bunkmates. Timmy Lee's had a cool apartment. We're starting to get going. We have this, like, big-time comedy meeting. We're doing comedy shows in Long Island City, and then we live in the middle of nowhere in Brooklyn, so it's so far <laughs> apart. And the way the trains are, like, you couldn't have gotten further away from where you live and where you do your work. We should have lived in New Jersey. It was still very Midwestern now that you talk about it. Like, two Midwestern guys, like, yeah, we live in New York, but we need space. We had a way too big. We had, like, a four-bedroom for two guys in Brooklyn. Yeah. It was it was, it was was silly. It was a nice space, but it was Like, we had so much space. Out. What used to be the living room when three of us lived there was it just our it was our rehearsal space because we shifted and we had we have our entertainment viewings we had a rehearsal space a screening room and then an office with a weight bench <laughs> we could have been on cribs <laughs> but i skimmed so that's our mindset at this moment right we got this killer apartment in this cool weird neighborhood that really hadn't come up yet like there really was nothing there was great 
Spanish restaurants and Chinese restaurants, but they were yeah. for like proper locals. Like there yeah, were no it bars was, uh, in the neighborhood. There was no it was, like, uh, cocktail places. No, it was a true. It was a true taste of um, first generationalism, New York. Oh yeah, because like it like, was. Go down two blocks. There's the real Chinatown. You can buy turtles and snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't co-opted. It was legitimate. Like I remember, I had to find a doctor there, and I ended up going to a Chinese, not. Chinese American, not some hippie douchebag from, you know, Berkeley. I went to a Chinese herbalist, but I didn't know that because it just said doctor in like the <laughs> yellow pages, basically. See backwards. And I went there for like a rash, and they gave me like a, a like a tea cream that d- made it worse. But <laughs> but what I was like, this is this is a really culture a, shock. An actual video store. That's how how oh. back in time we were. <laughs> What? It's so crazy. And you and I rented Lord of the Rings. But it wasn't a video store, Casey. It was the most frontiest front of all things because they were flabbergasted that we were in there to rent videos. Like they didn't have forms for people to fill out. Like it was the longest ordeal because they were like, I think these guys are feds. I don't know what's going on. They had to like print out fake forms that we signed and they were like, had to like, they were like, these guys want to rent Lord of the Rings on VHS. Like they were like, where's Lord of the, like, these are just cases out here on. (laughs) What's wrong with these guys? I will never forget. Yeah. We rented a Lord of the Rings VHS and then like Field of Dreams or something. It (laughs) was like 20 movies. (laughs) Yeah. Only federal uh, agents would rent a movie about <laughs> baseball and ghosts. Oh man. Anyways, yeah, so that's that's the neighborhood we're in. A little taste of that. Uh we end up moving to Johnny convinces us to move to LIC. We kind of we had some pushback. Big. We got it. We yeah. got we got a show. We're starting our careers in comedy. This is our we're going to plant our flag. We why can also not, afford it. Why not live down By the way. Yeah. You could at the yeah. time. I was having a no. panic attack because I was. <laughs> Sorry, I meant the place in Brooklyn we oh, could afford. Oh, yes, the place in Brooklyn. But so that was keeping us there too. But then we moved to LIC and we were pushing back until we saw it because mm-hmm. the thought was like, oh my God, we're going to like, we're going to end up in this, all our friends' apartments that we've seen, which yeah. are just these yeah. fucking, you know. Um, Cells, but we got this. Um, we went from one amazing place in the middle of nowhere to an amazing place in the middle of Everything. what would be like this, you know, um, this cool indie impetus point or whatever. And we had a dope place that we, we were a little under the radar, had to keep one of yeah. us, could only two of us could show up at one time. Right. We're like the twins that, uh, they only think there's one of us when we start at a new school <laughs> yeah, no, and we're yeah, finishing we're out each other's races. Sitcom gag, because that was the caveat, which now that I think back on it, we probably should have just been for, talked sure, to break. the lady. I mean, like, she'd be like, oh. Yeah, sure. Three people. Okay. Fine, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You extra or she'd have been like a hundred extra bucks, which would have been so much that uh, it would have been like, oh, at the time, but. Again, you get older, and in retrospect, you're like, 
that hundred bucks for is paying for peace of mind. Yeah, because it that's is worth what, all the money in the. It's like it is no joke. Penny. We had spent, and it was a gross, rainy ass day. And God bless him. I love Johnny O'Donnell. Don't ever ask him to help you move, because he won't move anything. Um, so Hans and I empty this apartment, and we've told this story before. We actually had a show, like two nights before. Okay. And then we had to come back and paint. We painted all night yeah. long. Well, there's a reason for that, well, too. Because our rehearsal space was painted fire engine red and covered with art that we drew on the wall. That was – that's uh, yeah, again, that's like – I don't know. That's some weird – we're like, well, it's just a weird Midwestern thing. Like you, you would – eventually you grow to be like – New York is just you bounce from this place to this place, always looking for a better place, better location until eventually you're an adult and you're in your place and you just deal with what you deal with at your place. Yeah. But instead I got like – I think you guys were gone for Christmas or something. I was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of fucking paint and I painted our apartment, but I painted it the way a serial killer – that hasn't slept in a week did because I just painted each room like a primary color. Yeah. And I painted oh, the bathroom black stripes. I you had a green room. You had a blue room. You had a red room. Yeah. You had a black and white bathroom. And I meant to cover the kitchen in wood grain wallpaper. Yes. But I ran out of steam. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I know. We I think that, you know what it is. I saw it, it, it felt yeah. like a sitcom house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was great. House. Like that. We literally had a screening room that was like dark because it was like a dark royal blue, and it was it was crazy. It was a weird little inter it was a, a space for an altar mural space. Yeah. It was, it was space yes. Like an altar, I think, to the Virgin Mary. So we, we put a TV in like it. <laughs> But we – it's so amazing because the TV we got, we should have gotten a normal – Oh, no. We went to that Target. We should have gotten Target. a normal-sized flat-screen TV because flat-screen TVs were what basically everybody's like, that's what people it buy like now. A, it was like we could not have money for a big flat-screen TV. For a thousand – like $1,500. Right. Right. So you just buy a normal flat screen TV, pay, you know, whatever. We're like, or we could buy this completely obsolete uh, tube back TV <laughs> that's huge so big. for like so $200. <laughs> so we got this huge TV that we had to figure out how to hump from downtown Brooklyn or wherever that city yeah. center was. Um, yeah, because I, I remember the cab driver's like, what is this? Like, I can't I fit, fit a this in here. old timey TV. And <laughs> we should have went to the dump and got a wooden yeah. case TV. But we had this big old TV. Anyways, we're getting to, we end up moving to Long Island City, start doing shows. And it really does. We talk, you talk about New York, you have your apartment, but basically the whole city becomes your yeah. living room. And this neighborhood for sure, just very much became our little, den our oyster like i would say for that good chunk we're living in lic like the creek in the cave was as close to our own living room as our own living room and the two definitely intersected because oh, yeah. we had 
our door was just open, things would go downhill and get bizarre. And you can go back and listen to the Johnny episode for that. But like, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, it was a free for all as far as the bar goes. And if you wanted to smoke weed, as far as weed goes, like, uh, I didn't really smoke weed at the time, but like you could just, it was no problem to have a 10 spot in your pocket and you were, you were set beyond set. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. No, and the bar and, was and so was... small mm-hmm. that you could never have like if it was pa- like it was just a beer bar basically. They had liquor, but it's a tiny space. Right, it's a beer margarita bar. That's right, a lot they of margaritas. Frozen they had margarita deals. That's right. I don't uh, think they have. Yeah, the oceans of Tecate that you could float battleships on the amount of Tecate that got poured out of that. It was tiny Tecate, bar. wasn't it? Oh my God! Yeah, like I remember. Time. We were so comfortable that it, the bar is such a tiny space, and and downstairs it's they call it the cave, like it is that old nineteenth century stone, and it was like if you stood next to the bar, and we were allowed basically, we were allowed to hang out in like the cold storage too, where just cases and cases of Tecate were there. Oh my God. Um, so that's no. Is one of like had, you said like now that's a memory coming back. Like it's such an old building. The building itself had catacombs, mm, and it was like once you were ingratiated into the place enough, and you would you would hung out there enough. You're like, what a cool hangout spot. I got my spot. They're like, no, no, no. Here's the super secret hangout spot. So then through this dank, dark tunnel was another. Dirty little basement hangout spot, but that was like the primo, the old school VIPs. And, and but that was lame at the well, it wasn't lame, it was cool. But at the VIP time at that time was to go in there and like toot out of a bong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's cool is, um, uh, Marcus and the last podcast, podcast on the left, guys, is that where they did the he, recording at first? He took over that space. So um, Marcus Parks, Parks um, he would he ended up he ended up working there doing sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he worked there in like a restaurant capacity prior to that. I don't think so. I think he just hung out and was like he always had an interest in in radio and sound and and an expertise in that and would learn to grow. But he would do sound at the shows and then as per his. I don't know if he got paid to do that. I'm I'm probably talking out of school as far I don't know how that worked, but as part of the deal was like, hey, can I use this space for recording? And that's where he started like Creek Podcast so Industry. Creek Comedy Radio or something? Creek Comedy, something like that. And I mean, legit pods ended up like Judge John Hodgman would record there. Like he made like a really cool yeah. competent capable space they would eventually move but like there's another fringe aspect like you look at podcasts now like open your apple podcast fees spotify oh they have they have they're huge they're they're as huge as podcasts get but podcasts are as big as entertainment gets right now yeah totally and you think about that starting around like 2010 like so the the creek definitely it had it's like 
what appear to be from the outside like these like epitomous points like where Colin Quinn's do doing a sh his show there working out there and Joy Behar was there for whatever reason quite a bit and you're like wow that's interesting but more importantly is this like community not just the people that would come out of it and there's a lot of real big yeah, yeah. comics we Marcus Parks is one of them but there's a lot of big people that either that incubated there mm -hmm. um and but it's more importantly like like that like what it did with the scene like just kind of just kind of spread out a little bit it never became that hot spot and i will argue no. that the reason for that is as much as people want to say like manhattan's for squares manhattan's for the oldies manhattan's for the wall streeters that is still where it's still it's, di it's, it's different. still dominant it's, it's got just a different, different energy. Like, because everyone who did shows there also had other shows in the city somewhere. Right. Because well, it's just. Well, stand ups were doing it throughout the city. Yeah. It's one of, like, people are humans are lazy. Like, you hand yeah. out that flyer and we designed it as well. We were as succinct with the directions as possible. But someone sees that the connections are like, yeah, not doing it. But th it's not it's not just that humans are lazy because the people we're handing them out to aren't necessarily at all people that live in Manhattan, but people are also predictable. Yeah. So when they're going out there, as much as you want to fight it, they probably end up going to Manhattan. Yeah. It just – I don't know. That's just New York. For that's Queens, Manhattan's New York City. Most people are like, ugh, Queens. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you say Long Island City, which uh, Long Island. is a curse, is a curse of that amazing neighborhood. Yeah. You can try and own it as much as you want and explain it because even I remember hearing it for the first time because a good proponent, a true blue homegrown Long Island City -er is our buddy Trish. Mm -hmm. And I remember her explaining like she we knew met her in Manhattan and worked with her in Manhattan. But she's like, no, I'm from Long Island City. You guys need to come out. I've actually bought a new, or I've got, I'm moving into a new apartment, going back to the neighborhood. And we're like, oh, all right, we'll go to your housewarming. But like, we were like, this is, you know, this is going to be yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And it still kind of felt like it too. Yeah. I remember going to her place, which was an interesting story in itself. But like, yeah, it's just a quiet, like old school yeah. New York neighborhood. It still has um, the like old Italian families in it. I'm sure that is changed. That even changed in the time we were living there. Because that was part of the cool apartment was we're like, oh wow, this apartment's great. Other than having to pretend like you're in occupied France. SS. <laughs> oh, uh, that that poor woman got burned hotter than a. Oh yeah. She got she got we had magma. This like killer patio that was for the building. But was right out our back door. We were the only – technically, I don't know if anybody else in the building had an access point to it, did they? They'd have to go through I guess our right. sliding through door, the right? Where the, I think they would have to go through the entire building into the basement, then up through the basement. Where they but they the still didn't have access to our giant wooden no, patio. No, had access to where like built the up patio. Was. That's crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. No, it's, it, that place but it's was also amazing. like because it was an old neighborhood, it was like you can't be outside after eight o'clock. Yeah. And Which we for were. us, because we were so scared oh, about wow. getting kicked out, can't be outside after seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, we so we just inside and just I think everybody smokes cigarettes <laughs> at the time. It was 
Yeah, Johnny. Johnny told me a story. Um, this might have been right after you and I moved out, or right after I moved out and you were about to move out, and Johnny was in the throes of it. Um, go back and listen to the episode. But um, uh, the neighbor, this young couple, because the, again, it was like a coming up neighborhood, like young professional couple that had like a young infant, like had to knock on the door and be like, "I'm sorry, guys. Like, can you?" smoke less in the building like um it's really affecting our apartment like smoking so much they lived on the second floor and i guess johnny at the time was like oh you fucking go fucking like he was like you're he thought it was very conspiratorial and scared the bejesus out of this woman who was just protecting her kid from the rivers of smoke that were flowing um do you stop throwing packs of cigarettes on an open flame on your stove just slow roasting them like (laughs) it's a campfire oh all right so that's that's history that's getting us there but what i remember are the the fun times i had were um i I mostly when things went off the rails we had an amazing christmas we had a few amazing christmas shows there one that was especially spectacular was uh we did a home alone themed show Mm -hmm. in which absolutely nothing went right. No, it wasn't even a Home Alone show. Home Alone interstitials. It was interstitials for a, a open mic. So we took it upon ourselves because oh, our show used to be open no. mic, which is like now, again, age, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like Comics come to an open mic to do their time and they leave. So we did an open mic with like 10 spots. So we had an audience of 10. Until we went on last, and everybody was gone. <laughs> yeah. Except for the people who were kind enough to come that we invited, and they had just had sat through a fucking 10-person open mic, which is like a root canal you. for your mind. <laughs> everybody, uh, we've, so Hard yeah, sell. and these interstitials, really? like we had, like, it was like so worked up, we're like, let's hang uh, oh, let's really? hang a uh, Christmas rope and it'll be like Harry and Marv are coming through the audience on this rope but we never hung rope <laughs> so they're just pretending to be on this fake rope without explaining that they're supposed to be rope and having conversations and we're such also it's cool. July by the way like this is that, in the middle of summer it, like, this oh, hilarious yeah. Christmas in July come on we, uh, we also one of the interstitials was based on a deleted scene from the bonus features on Home Alone that takes place in a in like it's a van conversation between Harry and Marv that didn't even make it in the movie that we strategically focused on for one of the interstitials about how meta it is that we're doing an interstitial on Home Alone based on a deleted scene from the <laughs> and it was all to I know you're, everyone's waiting in bated breath it was this. And it's, it does. It sounds very artsy and abstract, but it was. We would do this whole scene, and then it would be punctuated with a stilted uh, "and up next," you know, Sean Patton. You know, it was just like we did. We do this. We memorized lines and did scripted all just to prolong introducing the next comedian that doesn't want to be there. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! For a while, Sean was emceeing our show. Yeah, and like any hungry comic, seeing stage time, he was um, 
he would eat up. There was one time I think he ate up 29 minutes of our hour slot. And we're just like, I, it is funny, but this is rough. And we're having to cut. We already it was That sucked, actually. I don't know why I'm trying to. We were pissed off. But again, in I mean, again just, hindsight, we should have just been like. I, like, again, you said, like, just fuck it. Like, we should have just done with our, it. our weird show the way we wanted to do it weird. Like, we were like. With the creek for the longest time, we were like the nerd in a teen movie that's like, I don't get why everybody is treating the creek like crap. I wish you'd really love me. Why would you go to Manhattan and do a show when you can do a show here? And it's like, exactly. Because like, it's kind of a crappy place. It's cool, but it's kind of crappy. Well, and that's the thing, though. But that's it's, that's it's, part of why it's, it's amazing. It's the practice of being on stage and exploring that situation. You're in a room with two people. What like like? Then that's why the the stand up thing you, you can be so much more flexible. Like if we're gonna do 45 minutes of pre prepared sketches for two people, <laughs> we don't really have so a lot can... of room to play around or we do actually, cause we are in control. We just didn't feel comfortable enough to like, let's and just we fucking wing it. But we wouldn't be who we are. Yeah, we wouldn't have even been there and doing what we're doing if that was not our mindset. So I keep talking about this hindsight. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, we got into sketch comedy because we liked the nuance the and the precision of the sketch that we liked. We exactly. So we so were so anti- the food chain than we actually were. <laughs> we were so anti-fluidity that we would, like, for our first show, we lampooned, like, um, improv. We ampoon. We lampoon going outside. Of your down. Up. We should have punched up. Take yeah. it to those stand-up nerds. And they would have thought um, it was funny. They. Uh. So yeah. So, but still, it was so awesome. We would. Those shows are. So uh. Cool. We ended up. I mean, we we produced our own, and yeah. Rebecca directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, our B Squad, our theme show, we brought there, but like we pitched it to her, and she agreed and took it on like we did theme shows but this was a fucking play oh yeah yeah um, my only regret we put fucking months into it yeah. uh two regrets i w- i guess i wish we had marcus parks as our tech guy <laughs> uh has nothing to do with the t- like for whatever reason we had it we worked so hard on this show and <laughs> so it's so us that's the, the tech we had it so thing, you know, most it, by far stage um show performance we've ever done and we worked so hard and we shot all these videos and everything flowed and audio cues but for whatever reason the video software that they played they could never get this this dude could never and he like would push back and like finally we were like doing our like tech rehearsal dress rehearsals and we're like and rebecca was like that needs to be fixed he's like you fix it like finally <laughs> we're like we don't know what to say to you our to tech you. is linked to your laptop we don't have another connection for something else you, you need to use a different video player or something because what would happen is we'd have all these sharp blackouts and tight like transitions and goes to video and we were this was a legit play with like a marquee and shit and movie posters and like 
um, just all the frills or whatever, yeah. but also more importantly, we put so much time into it. And then fucking opening night and for the rest of the nights, our sharp blackouts to video would be sharp blackout to a fucking like traffic cone, cone icon yes, right. to yes. a fucking mic mouse cursor, <laughs> whatever those are called, key to click in the wrong video. It's like, fuck, <laughs> like, why did, why in the world would we be so tight and <laughs> so perfect? But we were so precise with lines and with each other and like and, doing and this and with our direction. We had one actor, one trained actor, Mitch Rose, oh, yeah. who was a fantastic actor. Absolutely. And then it was a descending scale from him. And I'm of not course. like a gradual scale. Like the four of us are not <laughs> actors. And we got people to show up on time, hit their lines, cues, everything. Yeah. Oh, but so to put up with that was a, was – Hindsight, also, it was crazy for us to this, do. It was crazy for us to put Was up it with or that. was it not our opening night show was at midnight on like a well, Wednesday? Well, then there's that, that. To put so much time into it, and I mean, I mean this when I say months, to have a three-show midnight run, right? I don't even think it ran. I think it was a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. No, like it was I a one-weekend did yeah. we get a week? I think we just got one weekend. I talk about blowing your load. We did that show with Rebecca to ingratiate ourselves in with Rebecca. And after the show, we, I set foot in the creek one time. <laughs> I lived above and it. You lived above it. In there. And you would walk across hard. the Pulaski Bridge. Because that was, I think that was like a straw. And I, I obviously interacted. And I love Rebecca and seen her many times since. I said like a dark period then, but that was a that was a harsh, that was a harsh. It, 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 it's just funny now, like to put that much time into it for to have the tech thing fall through, but also to have it be like, like just a spurt, like that's that's madness. That was yeah. we sh- did we end up bringing it somewhere else? You know what? That doesn't matter. That's not we what we're talking about. about it. It, was, it was in the cards, and I think after that amount. That intense, the rigorous, that was the, the most we had put into something. And we put a lot into a lot of those shows, like we said, that no one showed up to. I think yeah. it was just like. It was fine. Like, the phone didn't ring. Like, I feel like <laughs> I, all we wanted was a call from somebody. Right. It didn't ring. So it's like, ah, take a week. Fuck, we had promotion on that thing. We had our, our buddy Jess Liberty, mm-hmm. who's a very successful artist in England now, like very known and stylistically her yeah. own. She did an entire comic, comic book for us, yeah. which I am so disappointed because I have it on a hard drive that I can't access, and it's beautiful. Um, I would love to have that printed up um so that was a letdown but still fun like one of my experiences at the creek is that opening night we fucking packed that out because it was something we could sell as a play um and it's actually something we still have i don't know if you can go online but we do have it that i was able to edit it together with the proper video points that is like an and it's a piece you can actually like hold on to and bite into as an hour long narrative it's no Hamilton for Disney no. Plus. <laughs> we, but that's actually, what's so 
learned because the first giant show we did, we decided to sing. Yeah, the first musical, yeah. So I don't think we sang in this one, but it was it was rad. Um, you give no, me one second. True. I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be right back. No, I was just thinking after uh, some of those shows in that dingy bit, they're like Tom Waits songs, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, For us only, though, I feel I like. I know, but it, like that's fun. Like like that is now in my head, and I can use that as a setting or evoke a feeling. Like we would do this show, oh, yeah. and we get a couple people, and we promote it because they're like <laughs> – I forget. I think Justy shared it. It was a poster we made – because they were doing karaoke and DJ nights in the basement after oh, our right. show. Because after stuff started to like fall apart, it was an, like an open booking. But we had the one night where it was like, we're going to advertise stuff and we're going to have stuff. Right. And there was an ad for um, – it was <laughs> – oh, God, now we draw a blank on his name. Uh, our, com- our, our sketch show. And yeah. then uh, – Following our show, Donald Glover was going to DJ. Oh yeah, because I think Derek Comedy did some some sketch there as well, which yeah. is also why we're in the the trash heap of <laughs> creep lore. We have uh, the Stalin of the Creek has erased us from literally every photograph <laughs> sure. ever taken in the in the place. Yeah, you guys out there are listening to the B side of a of a seven inch vinyl. <laughs> um, these are these are the stories. Like everybody will talk about Donald Glover. He create he like um he honed childish Gambino there and like you know, From like spinning our show when we had middle age Gambino. <laughs> yeah. But I will say we did uh, so my yes, those so there's the beautiful failures of our show. I will say we when we we collaborated with Savage Animal and became Savage Practice, Savage Animal being Greg and Anthony's Basically, stand-up show. I, right. I, they would do, I don't think it was open mic. I think it was a book show. Yeah, they'd book the show, um, and then they would do videos. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, oh, we'd we'll do videos with them. We'll make videos with you guys. Uh, at that point, we embraced the perfunctory. We embraced the insanity of it. Or not insanity. We just, we just went like, I don't think there's anybody in the audience. We're still going to do our sketches. But tonight's a sex boys night and sex boys to us meant we were going to go downstairs. We weren't just going to drink and be like, have a few drinks and be loose on stage. Sex boys meant it's now our shows at seven. Yeah. We got here at five thirty. We know there's nobody coming in. We know these sketches. 90% are real falling apart. <laughs> a couple standups haven't shown up. It's a sex boys night. So you go downstairs and not just drink. You drink violently oh, yeah. and get rowdy, Cheap and those were some fun nights. We get there just in time for happy hour, and happy hour ends just as we're about to start our show. Oh, no, yeah, that's so we, okay. That's a story I remember because it started an insane chain reaction. So it was one of those evenings, Yeah, and we got there early to like do writing and like meet, oh, yeah. and then we'd <laughs> drink a bunch and then kind of rehearse and then drink some more. It was one of those nights, and it was a rowdy night because I jumped off the stage, like yeah. off the front for some like because there was this open mic in front of us, so we would do like NWO style takeover because Greg and Anthony would put their names in for the open mic, 
And then we would like intrude on each of their sets. And they knew the guy well enough where one of them would be last. So then we would just take a rowdy takeover of the open mic show, aggressively take the show over and then just start our show. But that night uh, we were just like, the heat was on. You could feel it. The energy in the room. We had this crazy show jumping off the stage. Like I hurt my ankle, but then I remember I was like, I got this crazy idea. Those guys are downstairs. I told them I was going to the bathroom. I'm going to show up behind them. So I like, I went outside around the building. There was a tiny bridge over yep. the subway tracks. I shimmied over the side of the bridge down onto some debris down onto the tra- the tracks, up to the fence, over the fence, into a pile of trash. <laughs> Out of the trash, into the backyard, doors locked. <laughs> so I was like, hey, open the door. Like, my arm was all cut. My ankle was <laughs> fucked up. And then we just hung out and drank until Ashley came. And she was like, how's the show? And I was like. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went back to her house and like went to sleep. And I got, like, you know, you start to sleep it off. And I was like, I got to the bathroom. And then, of course, I was like, oh, boy, this ankle just swole like a linebacker <laughs> right. neck. So I like shimmy to the bathroom. And I like fumble around, turn the lights on, go to the bathroom, turn around. And like I slipped on something in the bathroom and put my full weight down on this ankle and just lights out baby (laughs) and i went timber and just full body weight into the bathroom door it bursts open i fall flat like chris farley flat on my face uh our friend ben ashley's roommate at the time best friend comes in he like charges in and Ashley comes in and they're like, Oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? And I remember hearing the intensity of their talk, like seep into my ear, like Johnny O'Donnell's cigarette smoke seeped into that baby's crib, like slowly (laughs) coming to, and I could see the ground in front of me. And I was like, Oh, move. And I was like, you know, touch your nose. You're like, Oh, but not broken. Just hurt bad. And I hear them like, we're going to call the ambulance. And I just go, no ambulance. (laughs) And like slither up like a hut. And my fucking tooth was busted out of my face. Oh, man. So then we go to this crazy hospital in Ridgewood where they live. And uh, Ashley gives me, because she had used crutches for a while because she shattered her femur. Or she had a cane. She's like, here, use this cane. I'll help you on your foot. The cane had been super glued shut. So it was like a <laughs> back with the tiniest cane on a bad leg. We go to this hospital and, like, I'm feeling really sorry. Uh, sorry for myself. Sure. Feeling really bad that I put them through this. And, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm a scumbag. God, I feel such a piece of shit. I get there and no joke, like, a. <laughs> There's like a dude with a fucking rebar sticking out of his head, <laughs> waiting to go to the emergency room. I was like, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, perspective. Oh man, so that that is a that's that that's obviously that is the and I have of, of of a creek evening. That's that's the that's yeah that's our that's our an extreme, creek. but you 
Well, we've gone from one extreme to the next, like that Tom Waits sadness to just the most wild like debauch- karaoke bar. Like that's what mean, some yeah. of those shows were. It's just like drinking they, uh, straight whiskey by yourself in the dark, looking at a karaoke book. So much stuff exists in the ether, but I have video of that before any of that transpires. Before you fall off, jump off the stage. But this is like pre show sex boy we're getting sex boyed and you're on stage with a mic like doing just a very jaunty like homer simpson-esque like shimmy like you got excited about something and you know you can fast forward the clock you know 10 hours and you're in the emergency room it's perfect that that embodies let's see i uh obviously a halloween show has become mythic here we've You'd have to go back and listen to it, but we've talked about it numerous times about how much effort, because we love Halloween so much, we would put into a Halloween show there, overthink it, overdo it. There was one time – I know uh, you can go listen to um, – Greg and Anthony have a podcast called The Rad Dude Cast, and I think they, they, they do talk about The Creek and this Halloween show specifically. Greg talks about uh, – a bad interstitial as a mummy being a mummy stripper, but he goes out there and we've already fucked up the costume. So he doesn't have anything to strip off. So he just yeah. has to stand there naked. Basically as we're trying to put on our wig and hat show, but worse than that, I would say, and it gets overlooked is you and I went, out, <laughs> you and I would went out for an interstitial and it was based on an audio cue. Oh my God. And the audio <laughs> The audio cue was call and response, and I forget what the call was. It had to do with like we were interacting with like a ghost or something. I think we something. the the bit was we were interacting with. I was playing you a Halloween sound effects CD. Oh yeah, that's it. Which starts yeah. out very like ooh, Shane's rattling, and you're like that that's ain't right. scary. Yeah. That ain't scary, and then it just evolves into. Like I think the punchline was the sound of someone getting murdered, <laughs> but that's right. just if the sound screws up, it's just you and I going. Uh, uh, uh. But they didn't play. It wasn't like oh they played. We missed a beat and we're off with the track. They just played the wrong, wrong track, track. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just out there. I feel like they were just playing like the monster mash, and finally we were just like. Okay. All right. <laughs> we didn't even. We just couldn't even roll with you just it. Saw the naked mummy. Didn't we were you? so dejected, and I think we just went okay, and we just sauntered slowly to the back. Of course, even in all this time, I think our cohorts, uh, Greg, Anthony, Mitch, were just like watching us, being like, "What the fuck is this train wreck?" So they didn't even do their costume change, and probably part of our interstitial was one of, the, of us yeah. leaving earlier because they were in the next sketch, so we couldn't be. So it was just us. Standing out there to the wrong track, to walking off slowly, to probably lights out, hopefully, eventually. Probably not. We probably didn't even have a blackout because we didn't have a cue. So to a lit stage still, as they hear us in the back fumbling around, fucking probably <laughs> bitching about whoever. <laughs> like a bunch of fucking pit bulls back there. And then finally sauntering back out for the next sketch as if we could ever recover uh, yeah. So, but so those are our shows. But then I, I will say, and I know um, we're coming in on on hot. But I will say, 
some of the greatest times were, you kind of alluded to it somewhat, but when we would go on and um, spoil another show, a lot of times the creek would have epic shows, like this is a huge theme show where everybody's coming in on it. 51st Jokes started there, Johnny's show. The first one Um, was a 420 show. 420 show. But there was also a wrestling show, which I wasn't privy to. No. <laughs> so I hear, uh, and from what I heard, and is now in both Jerk Practice and Creek Lore, uh, Casey, you and Anthony DeVito had a sketch, or you were the two only two guys available we, to do a sketch and didn't prepare. I forget. What, I think it would have started out as, if I remember correctly, it was supposed to be two other people. I don't know if it was supposed to be you and Greg. Or I don't know it or Greg like because the only people that made it to do the show were Anthony and I yeah and without one of us were even I didn't have to be prepared because the bit that I was had no lines or it did right. have one line repeated but he <laughs> was the front man so the duo was the premise of the show was you're just fake wrestlers and you cut promos to the audience. And you can be a famous wrestler and do a jokey one, or you can be a joke wrestler. I think most people do actual wrestlers, but I was like, I ain't sure. doing that. Right. So we did We're a character's the... called Dr. Gaylord and the Patient. And so Dr. Gaylord is the, the one who's talking, and I the play man. the patient, who is sort of your heavy like under, undertaker. So I had a hospital gown. I had I put some face paint on, like eye makeup grease my hair back. You know, I did the full nine jerk practice yards and Anthony yeah. had scrubs cause he used to be a nurse or he had, or Greg was a nurse anyways. Um, so he's doing it. And again, like the sound effects CD, I got one line and it's just to punctuate every joke and it's pain. Yeah. So the sketch ended up actually being very painful because, uh, Anthony didn't have the lines. Right. So oh, he yeah. fumbled through the first one, got the rest mixed up. So I said pain once. He forgot the punchline and just like winged it because everybody was laughing and booing and catcalling. And I had the genius idea. The punchline would be the final punchline would be I turn and I'm wearing a right. hospital gown. Got bare ass. Bare ass. Oh, yeah. But we basically got laughed off the stage. So I shamefully get to turn around to a bare ass, walk back to the green room where other higher profile comedians who will soon shoot shoot to the top of the charts have to not make eye contact with me because it was so terrible as I gingerly put my boxer shorts back on (laughs) under a, a, a hospital gown like it's the walk of shame, you know, like, oh, so I have to go home now. (laughs) <laughs> and that, my friends, is a few encompassing points of the jerk practice at the creek in the cave. There to the bitter end. No, we weren't there to the bitter end. We we were we, we were bitter the entire there. time we were there, and we started. <laughs> That's the best and, part. We stopped doing shows there, but we would meet there because it was in between where everybody lived. So we just sat on the stage and did comedy, and then never performed there again. There, here's 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 a good capper. Finally, when it became more and more obvious and prominent that like 
they put a marquee out front and and just it was just becoming more of that indie hotspot you know like it was it would be in like the voice village voice and stuff like um time out or whatever you know they would feature a show on there or whatever um here's here's a capper when we finally we go there one time they're like um guys <laughs> you either need to take your costumes or we're going to throw them in the trash. Because <laughs> we store, we again, like the living room, when we had to move out of our Long Island City apartment, I moved to Manhattan, you moved deeper into Brooklyn. We had like a lock and key storage closet in the basement of this amazing apartment building we're at, and we kept all our costumes there. And we realized we were going to slowly, like had to filter out. We just slowly like rats shifted all our costumes into every nook and cranny of that theater. And then finally, like, they cleaned it because they were making it more legit, and they put in, like, a nicer green room, and it was just a pile of our shit, and they were like, take it. Your shit. Or People <laughs> loved our stuff, though, because they'd be Everybody the played with our shit. And they'd go, oh, there's a crazy hat and a wig. Yeah, which probably to the purists, they were like, fucking A, they found the jerk practice costume boxing. And it's like, <laughs> it was like why it was so fun to go to the UCB. Um, yeah. Cause you would you would hang in that green room and you just go through and be like, oh my god, there's all this like just crazy shit to play with. Use it, put it back or don't. Who cares? Or well, and then but then they had like the lock box. She's like, oh, that's that show. Like that's all the treats in that box. Don't open it. Of course we opened it and we stole whatever drink. (laughs) They're like, those are just staff's drinks in the fridge. We're like, that's not for us. I thought it was Um, this green room, isn't it? So yeah, so. Get your costumes and get out. Get out. The 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 creek We're story. We're like the ghouls, the haunted ghouls, the the two phantoms of the creek opera. We Perfect. left our creepy costumes behind and watched from so the far. played piano in the sewer. We are much like a like a uh, the the geographic of our of our ride. Like when we moved from Minneapolis to New York. And of course, I should have ended with the creek because it's a whole creek episode. But we were like, we got to, me, you and Henning got to fit all our shit into one van because we're just humping it. We're vanning it to New York to this apartment to see. Like everybody gets one box, but we had amassed. We're a hat, wig and hat show. We had amassed. For some reason, we always had storage closets. We had a whole basement full of a very organized, looked like the back of a, you know, drag show down there. <laughs> And we like they the 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 guy that Craig Sugi Susig, who was our landlord, I don't think he asked us to get rid of it, but we're like, we gotta do the right thing and get rid of all this crazy costumes, which we shouldn't have. We should have just left it down there for the next person to be like, What is this? But we put it out on the curb, which was the biggest mistake ever because the next day it was like a Friday night. The next day we go to walk to the van because we're gonna drive away. We lived you know, next to a rowdy honky tonk. So the three boxes of the craziest costumes, just all these drunk fucking fools just <laughs> dug into it like it's a bunch like... of fucking hooligans and just scattered, just, just like no, a sketch right. comedy it, gun. It was like a block. 747 full of circus clowns and drag queens crashed yeah. onto that street because there was just <laughs> a skid mark of silliness. Wigs and just robot arms. Oversized dresses and, and homemade jet packs and oh, fake yeah. guns. There's a lot of fake guns. 
Creek, we hardly knew ye. It'll it, it'll be back in some iteration. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't you know. Think the, or, no, the something dock? new. <laughs> it won't be that asshole that makes the dock. That's like yeah. you know. I've seen I've seen the Boston like scene dock, and I'm like, who the f- oh the guy who shot that is like the guy who made a dentine ice commercial <laughs> or some bullshit. <laughs> Nothing against that guy. That's obviously I'm being facetious, but fucking of course we're gonna be the idiots making the dock. Well, I feel like it's the dock that place deserves. If they're <laughs> counting on us to make it. Woo. That's the, the dock the, the, the creek deserves. <laughs> well, God bless you, Creek, and mm-hmm. God bless you, Rebecca, and we love you, Rebecca. And, of course, we know you'll – if you're not on your feet already, we know you'll land on your feet. And uh, if we uh, if you need us to come ruin a, yeah, a, a, a GoFundMe show, yeah, you, you, got, you got us. You you know you, you know always what? got you us. You don't even have to ask because we'll, we'll just ruin be- it gratis. We're under the stage where that cat used to take shits during their show. That's right. That was like the biggest laugh we ever got was when that cat took a shit in the audience. We're like, oh my god, the sketch is working. Oh, fucking Simon took a shit. Oh, all right. Well, we love you, Creek, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. I guess you could shut the doors and never open them again. (laughs) That's true. That was shitty. Delete that shit. The end period. That's I meant. That would be the only. You got a date with Alfred J. Tits. Oh yeah. Just to tie it to you. Everybody listening is like, no, I think you're not. (laughs) I don't think the creek made you the phantom, my friends. I think you phantomized yourselves. I think you went in there with the masks, you ghosts. You entered it. Yeah, that's so the sixth is, sense term. The, the we moment, never existed. This is the moment we realize it's our intervention. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the creek will be making. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Alfred Tits is knocking at our door. <laughs> well, for this um, All right. episode, I'm Arthur P. Dong. And I'm Alfred J. Tits. Stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> Keep the doors open. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Losing someone. It's one of the hardest things we'll have to go through. But you don't have to go through it alone. We'll be here for you every step of the way, helping you with every one of those hard decisions because we care about not only your loved ones, but about you. That's right. Here at Alfred P. Tits Funeral Home, we've been taking care of the community since 1902 when my grandfather Butthole and his wife Sex Tits started it with my uncle Toenail Tits and his sister Ass Cheeks. Yes, Alfred P. Tits Funeral Home. For when your tits up, oh wait, for when 
your loved one is dead and you need help. That's right. My last name is Tits and my son's name is Dong. Dong Dong P. Tits. We're here for you.